come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Tell me when you're hitting it, dude. Tell me when to go. So? We're hitting it. Here we go. We're good. Hey, guys. It's the podcast from outer space. It's your boy, Rob Scott. Uh, we have finally the return of our very own tea bag. Hey guys, thanks for listening. And as always, let's try and Scott. Good evening, ladies and germs. What if it's not evening where people are listening to this? Well, it's evening now. Uh, Touche. And when we talk about germs, are we talking about alien symbiotes? <laughs> so it's uh, episode 57, guys, and previously we... Uh, did the rundown of Spider-Man, and tonight we're getting into Venom and Carnage. Yes, an eight balls uncle, as Peter Parker once said. Uh, today, He's not talking about cocaine, guys. Okay, well, first off, he? actually, he is. okay. Doing coke makes you act like that? Maybe. Do we want to get into, before we even start this, there's a couple things that I did leave out of the Spider-Man episode. And do we even want to talk about the Comic-Con announcements maybe briefly? Did we see those? Comic-Con announcements. Any, uh, I mean, what do we want to say? Good um, good year. Rob Liefeld walked right by me. I panicked. I didn't get a picture. That's understandable. You believe that? I asked for a picture. <laughs> I didn't even, I could, I mean, what do I say? Hey, Rob? Hey, Rob. Big fan of your work. <laughs> hey, Mike. I heard you got into the uh, Cartoon Network area this year. Is this true? Yep. They got it uh, set up a little different this year, so it was easier. Smooth sailing. Mm. Saw some good costumes. Saw some... Uh, there, They had like a big uh, Trump baby blow-up thing, too, you know? Mm. That was a big controversy. Then they also... Big controversy? Yeah, like they... You know how they like applied and then that got in the Macy's Day Parade? Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Anyways, look it up. That's neither. That's not this episode. Uh, we don't we, do politics. Now, here we go. These announcements. Lot of drama in the news with the um, female Thor controversy, right? Is uh, there? That's what I've been seeing. I mean, I, I get that. I just, Probably with Adam. No, see, you <laughs> would think so, but who is going to be the new Thor? Your girl, Natalie Portman. I haven't done any research into this. This is just I've seen a few news articles because I've seen a, anything comes out nowadays, you're going to see the backlash stuff first, sure, which sure. is weird, right? No. I went to see the new Tarantino film. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. And Good. I think great film. I One of his best. That. Top three Tarantinos for top me. Top three? Yeah. And What's then the top one? I'd say Pulp Fiction, Inglorious Bastards, um, Once Upon a Time. But I okay. might put Once Upon a Time above Inglorious Bastards. Either way, as soon as I got home, like the top articles are just bashing it, all the controversy. Same with when Marvel dropped all these announcements. Fucking Homeboy is Blade. They're doing a Blade. A lot of announcements about... I'm actually pretty hyped for the Blade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of announcements about like series they're doing with the new Disney streaming. See all those DC ads they had down there at Comic-Con? Yeah, except DC, I will say, as a member, a subscriber to that platform, they really screwed the pooch there, if I do say so myself. Mm, Not great. Would not not recommend. Would not recommend. And they... Did you cancel your subscription? I did. Because you know why? I got it because of Swamp Thing, the show. Huge heard, Swamp Thing. I guy. heard that show sucks. I thought it was pretty good, but then doesn't even matter because I'm two episodes in. They announce, oh, canceled because <laughs> they're folding it all into some other streaming service that uh, f- like Fox has taken over, some shit like that. And I was just like, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> DC finally does some cool shit, and then they're just fucking rapping on it. Now, do we want it? Uh, a few things we left out on Spider-Man. Did you guys... After Upon reflecting, was there anything that you realized, hey, maybe we should have thrown this in there or maybe that we just forgot to talk about? I know this constantly happens on episodes. Story of our lives. Yeah. So we talked a lot about like the Steve Ditko controversy, correct? Mm-hmm. Now, we did not talk about just the possibility that like Steve Ditko, probably just like a giant asshole. Oh, I mean, you know, that's big. why... That I mean, you know, I know he was a guy that stuck to his principles, but 
Um, this is not my opinion. This is just a possibility. He could have just been a giant prick. I mean, it's no wonder why he quit almost every company he worked for. He's just a hard guy to work with. You know, a lot of artists are. Am I right? You're an art guy. You tell me. <laughs> um, I thought that was actually a joke on me. <laughs> I mean, I would just, I, I, I think that's an honest opinion. Am I right? <laughs> 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 I think that was a shot fired. I don't think it was. I'm honestly asked. No, I'm saying from him, not from you. No, that was not a shot fired at you. This Rob. was him. Most art guys usually are. I did not look at you. And also, <laughs> Mr. Snowflake, I was not talking about Snowflake. You. I'm just saying. Very hard to get along Dude, with. Yeah, isn't there a big, like, okay, aren't art guys always like, ah, oh, this is my art and nobody can take it from me? Is everyone British? <laughs> <laughs> that's, art. that's my art guy. You know? Um, some people are like that, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so possibly maybe that. Uh, I mean, I just want to throw that out well, there. Well, I think not- that just goes back to the thing we talked about with it being subjective, whereas if mm. he fucking actually drew Spider-Man up, he should get some credit for it. it I think that Stan Lee's kind of uh, in over his head saying, like, oh, if I thought of it, it's mine. Like, mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. you thought of something, if you didn't actually bring it to life... It's not 100% yours. Yeah, I've been burned there before. Okay. <laughs> so so I think we're all in agreement with that whole thing. And, um, you know, also, if you're tuned in this far already, check out Spider-Man, because this episode is very much built off of the Spider-Man episode. Um, oh, one thing I did want to discuss that we just, uh, we just didn't have enough time for was the whole, like, Deadpool influence and, like, Rob. Like, so remember we talked about Rob Liefeld and him, like, basically ripping off Deathstroke for Deadpool, Assassin, Wade Wilson, Slade Wilson. Yes. Check out our Deadpool episode if you haven't. But Rob, actually, all these videos have been dropping on YouTube. Rob gets fucking pissed when you ask him about this. He says, like, there's no way it's a ripoff of Deathstroke. He was more influenced by Spider-Man, and that's why they have a lot of Spider-Man-Deadpool crossovers. Mm. It's the biggest bromance in comics, I'd say. And also, Peter Parker is, I guess Deadpool's like a, is like Peter Parker on crack cocaine, you know? Like this in would the, have been perfect to talk to him about when you saw him. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. I didn't have a mic on me either. But I'm saying, uh, yeah, you, you know. Yeah, you got your cell phone, buddy. You know, guess like. I record stuff. A little stage fright, dude. I get it. I get it. Yeah, but you know, like. Uh, Starstruck. Anyways, as I'm saying this, like. Even in the comics, like Peter Parker's constantly throwing in these little like, uh, what do you call them? Quips, uh, little like sayings with them when he's fighting criminals, just like Deadpool, <laughs> but you know more, I guess, uh, toned down. PG, yeah. Um, so honestly, same build to uh, similar suits, if you will, you know. So you know, and and honestly, I think that's also another aspect that Tom Holland nails when he plays Spider Man. Am I right? Well, Adam will probably say no because he loves Andrew Garfield. Wants to suck <laughs> on his balls. Wow. That's just a few things left out. Any any thoughts from you two, you two guys? This guy's mad now because I brought up the Andrew Garfield thing. So it's going to be one of those nights. Okay. <laughs> We're good. We're out of here. All right. So let's get into um, let's get into Venom here. You know, episode fifty six. We gave you the story of Spider Man. Now. Along with a great hero comes what? Great responsibility. And a great villain. Mm. Now today, we're discussing Venom, quite possibly one of the most famous, popular, and beloved villains of all time, would you say? Now, are we going to call him a straight-up villain? Or are we going to call him anti-hero? Well, there's that Mm. too. Now, I mean, I would say yes, in the sense he was developed as a villain. And we'll see with the story. He starts was, off as a villain. Yes, starts off as a villain. But yeah, I mean, not truly a villain. Becomes more of anti-hero, as we'll find out. Um, but the history of Venom is pretty interesting, and the creation story is just basically a big old mixture, a gumbo, if you will, of he said, she said, betrayal, borrowed ideas, love, and even hate, all mixed up. Okay. 
in order for this character be, to become what he is today. And I would say that Venom, I guess, seems to be more popular with our generation because we were in there. I mean, we were there right when he became fucking massive. We were kids. We were into this stuff, you yeah. know. I remember in the cartoon. I think that was my first exposure. But also in uh, Maximum Carnage, dude. If you did it right, or uh, maybe I'm remembering wrong, but I feel like if you did it right, you could play as Venom instead of Spider-Man, and I always wanted Venom because he would, like, stretch his arm out instead of shooting a web, which I thought was badass. Now, you're referring to the Super Nintendo Veggie game? Yes. Okay. Yes. Maximum Carnage. So, And then the Amazing Spider-Man, uh, the animated series? The one that was on Fox Kids. With the metal intro? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah. That I actually watched that arc of uh, Venom Carnage episodes on Sunday. Nice. Probably the best of all time. Sweden. Venom. Best Venom of all time. Pretty much the same thing. Started off with the animated series. That's probably my first exposure. And then followed suit with the video game. I actually didn't find out until I was doing some research for this that he also makes a ton of appearances in the latest Spider-Man series, but mm. the art quality in that series, not that great. Ultimate Spider-Man, you guys have oh, watched that? Yeah, I never got into it. Um, that's way after our time. You know, that's current, right? Uh, 2012 to 2017. Yeah, you know, not a. am not really too keen on the... Uh, I'm not keeping up to date with all the cartoons. They're just too much, you know. Got to do it. Got to do the research, you know. Now, let's get into, so a little different. We're going to give you the origin in the comics up top um, because there's actually so much to this character. So, you know, originated with not even, like he wasn't even supposed to be a, his own character. Mm. Originated um, with the black costume serving as Spider-Man's brand new costume in the Amazing Spider-Man run, issue number 252, which was in May of 1984. Um, is that like uh, the black and silver Spider-Man, or is that something completely different? I don't think I'm thinking something different. Yeah, I think you're thinking of like some of the newer Vigi games on PS4. No, no, no. I had like this action figure, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. Well, you know, later this origin of, of Spider-Man's new suit was explained in Secret Wars issue number eight, which was in December of that same year. Now, Venom's first appearance would come by way of teaser in um, Web of Spider-Man number 18, which was in 1986, a brief cameo in The Amazing Spider-Man 299 in April of 88, and his first full appearance was in Amazing Spider-Man 300 May of 1988. So that's about two months after you were born right there. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like Venom so much. But also, in doing some research, did you ever come across the name Randy Schuler? Oh, yeah. We, we're getting there. This is his origin in the comics. This isn't how he was created yet. Okay. So okay. in Secret Wars, um, the Marvel heroes basically find an alien machine that creates clothing for you. Now, the heroes use it to repair their outfits from combat. Spider-Man arrives late, of course, and he's told about the costume fixer. But he goes to the wrong machine, and it provides a costume. But not just any costume. Now, at this point in the comics, it's left pretty open, and the idea wasn't fully developed yet. So, you know, Spider-Man gets the black suit. Now, what are we thinking automatically about Spider-Man in the black suit there? Well, I like that. Okay. Uh, now, uh, old Spider-Man himself even admits in Secret Wars issue 8 that he was subconsciously influenced by Spider-Woman <laughs> while dreaming up his costume, uh, as Spider-Woman's costume was also black with the white spider. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, always got the ladies on the mind. Adam, you can relate. <laughs> <laughs> now, back in the regular monthly title, the Fantastic Four basically helps Spider-Man realize that the suit is alive, um, they blast it off his body, and then it's contained. Um, the symbiote escapes again and, and tries to bond with Peter. And this is where we get the famous, be the famous scene of Spider-Man driving the symbiote off his body with the ringing church bell. Now, that is also in the new Venom film, correct? Or was that um, Spider-Man 3? It's in Spider-Man 3, and it's also in the animated series. 
Okay, the I ringing of the church of bell and the and the symbiotes coming off him because it's it's like sound sensitive to sound. Uh, I don't remember if it's a church bell in the newer one, but there is a part where he like gets it off of him by annoying the it somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. Now at this point in the in the arc of the comics, uh, Eddie Brock comes into the picture. He's basically developed as an evil Spider-Man, you know, journalist um, who spot is Peter Parker like. Proved him wrong, got him to lose his job, and then the symbiote fucking bonds with Eddie. He's this fucking total fucking jacked. Uh, he's like Dolph Lundgren, basically. <laughs> Would you say he put himself inside Eddie? <laughs> exactly. And um, they were basically super violent, and they hate Spider-Man. Um, the character's visual connection to the original costume was changed, combined with a new look courtesy of Todd McFarlane, and the rest, they say... is Venom. It's history. Now, the symbiote itself would later be revealed to be part of an alien race, and uh, they would bond. Uh, this symbiote bonds with basically everybody in comics from Rocket, Raccoon, and Groot to Hulk and even Deadpool. Uh, you know, long history in the comics, uh, and this idea of the symbiote can bounce around, but really the important thing to remember is Eddie Brock, that's the original Venom, that's the fucking OG of the game. Uh, now, we could say about the creation history, you know, like too many cooks in the kitchen. This is one of those where it's a lot of people involved, and usually that's like a recipe for disaster, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the case with Venom, that made him as popular as he has as today. I mean, we know the creation of Spider-Man. If not, check out the episode. Um, so by the time the 1980s rolls around, Spider-Man is fucking huge. Comics, toys, TV, he's fucking everywhere. Still and, is. Yeah. Um, but according to Marvel editor Jim Salkrup, uh, the superhero was becoming too kid-friendly. Now, flash to the summer of 1982, maybe 81, as I saw a few differing accounts. Um, you know, summer, 82, what's happening? Phased and confused. I'm about to murder her so good. Sometimes love. You know, we got John fucking Cougar Mellencamp blasting on jukebox. Um, Clarico trying to take state. Yeah, what's big at the time? You know, 80s. Kiss. Cocaine. <laughs> Cocaine, Scarface. New Coke. Oh, yeah, all Vid- that stuff. Video game. Um, now, enter picture Randy Schuler. A kid from Chicago who, according to him, wrote Marvel as they had launched a campaign looking for new writers and ideas. But according to editor-in-chief Jim Shooter, Randy's letter came unsolicited. So again, we got differing accounts. Randy says he was writing after an ad looking for new writers. Jim Shooter says, hey, we fucking just got the letter one day on my desk and I get this letter. And uh, anywho, you know, here's Randy's side of things. Now, this is from a letter that he actually wrote, CBR.com, which is comicbookresource.com, explaining things from his perspective. According to Randy, uh, he writes Marvel with the details of a new suit idea for Spider-Man. Because at the time, uh, Spider-Man had been wearing the classic red and blue suit for about 20-plus years. Now, Schuler suggested that Spider-Man don a new black suit that would be created by Reed Richards using the same unstable molecules from which the Fantastic Four costumes were made. He says, I saw the new suit, a stealth version of the original costume, jet black so he could blend in with the shadows. At best, all you could see of him was a red blood spider emblem emblazoned on his chest. So in Randy's original idea, the spider on the chest was red, not white. Now, a few months after submitting the story, Randy received a letter from Jim Shooter saying that he liked the idea and wanted to buy it. So at this point, essentially, uh, Shooter purchased the idea in the form of work-for-hire agreement by way of a freelance paycheck for any guesses on how much he purchased it for? One dollar. No. $220. Yes, a whopping $220, which is about $620 in today's money. Um, I mean, pretty good for, you know, just a kid from Chicago writing this idea. 
Now, Randy was offered a chance to write the script, but after a few attempts uh, that Marvel did not like, it just sort of fell apart. So Jim Shooter pays this kid off, and he's paying him for essentially two words, black suit. Black suit. Say that ten times fast. You can't do it. Uh, now, he says that the fan's letter sat in his desk for about a year, and when Secret Wars came around, he was looking for ways that the war could change the participants, and two words popped into his head. Black, Black suit. A little bit of uh, background on Secret Wars, and Rob, this is where you can chime in. So essentially, um, toys were on the rise at this time. And with the success of the Star Wars toy line in 78, um, by 1981, Mattel wanted in on the action figure game. They oh, had, were they the ones making the Star Wars toys? Is that no, right? no, no, no. That was Kenner. Um, okay. Yeah, so Mattel wanted it on the action. You know, They had success with Master of the Universe line, and they went after Star Wars. They went after DC for licenses, but they lost out to Kenner for both of those, and they approached Marvel with the idea of building an action figure line with a tie-in event series published with the release of these toys. And that became Secret Wars. And this was, I guess, based off of market research, focus groups that showed kids loved the word secret and war. And they also loved plaque and suit. Are they studying (laughs) in Russia? I don't think so. I mean, kids are obsessed with secrets and wars. All right, that's fair. Kids love war. (laughs) They do. I I was obsessed with World War II when I was a kid. What about secrets? You never played. Dude, we have videos of us making like secret agent um, <laughs> videos and war videos. We Mission are, Impossible. Yeah, both of those. Secret Wars. It's huge with kids. So Marvel Superhero Secret Wars became a massive crossover that would bring in every major superhero and villain for one big story to help sell this line of toys. Hmm. 12 comic book series, right? Yep. Now, within this massive crossover event, basically all the normal hero comic runs had small changes in each issue, and there was a footnote telling readers, hey, check out the upcoming Secret Wars to find out why this change is in here. Hey, go buy a bunch of fucking toys. (laughs) And and buy a bunch of toys, too. Uh, You know, I mean, as we said, it's all about the money. It's all a big marketing scheme. Now, the premise for Secret Wars is pretty shitty, though. I know, it's all just to sell toys. Of course, it's going to be not a good fucking plot. So, so you know, each one has a footnote telling, hey, this is why the change came about. And in Spider-Man's run, um, this started in 252 with the cover reading, the rumors are true, Spider-Man's got a new costume. And thus, the idea was born with Randy Schuler in Chicago and this is where his idea began to take shape and eventually would go on to become Venom. Black, black suit, suit, suit. So, yes, he buys. So, Secret Wars is out. And Mike Zek's designs were chosen for the black suit concept with a few tweaks coming from Rick Leonardi. It's no uh, secret. Writer Tom DeFalco came up with the idea that the costume was actually a living creature, a symbiote. Now... We also got to remember, this was the time of Watchmen, 86 and 87, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. Um, Spider-Man's black suit proved to be a, a hit, you know? People liked it. Uh, but there was also some contrary because controversy because you're changing the classic suit. And, I mean, what do we know about comic fans? <laughs> they love changes, right? <laughs> you change, uh, you change any, any little things, comic fans, they'll eat it up, right? <laughs> No one will ever complain. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to complain no about a little tiny Twitter. change, right? Especially changing one of the biggest characters' classic suits. Um, so, yeah, of course, there, there, there's people that are going to cry and complain. Um, now, the black suit also got its fair share of blowback, but it seemed that nobody hated the black costume more than that of one of Venom's creators, Mr. Todd. McFarlane. Really, you know, this is when we get the birth of Venom. Now, Venom proper wouldn't appear until 1988 when the... uh, Yeah, Venom proper. Because, I mean, the black costume is technically 
Venom, right? Yeah, yeah. Or would you consider Venom only bonded with Eddie? We are Venom. Does it have to be bonded with Eddie Brock? Well, it doesn't take the name Venom until he bonds okay. with Eddie. So there we so go, Venom proper. Just alien, an alien symbiote. Yeah, Venom but proper. what about what about when the symbiote is on Peter Parker? Black man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, Black, Black Spider Man. man. <laughs> Black Spider Man, dude. That's your new superhero, but not, <laughs> but not Miles Morales. <laughs> Hey guys, what's up? It's Black. It's your na- friendly neighborhood Black man. <laughs> that's fucking. Uh, that's the black suit, dude. Oh, can we please make that a comic book? That is a comic book. You ever seen Luke Cage? Oh. Uh, okay, so Venom proper comes out in '88. And this is when the costume, as we said, bonded with reporter Eddie Brock in the amazing Spider-Man 300. Now, the creation of Venom. This is where, this is where Rob, I think you had some thoughts here. Uh, the creation of Venom was basically the brainchild of David Michelinie and Todd McFarlane. Um, and this would go on to become a massive hit, one of Spider-Man's most successful adversaries okay let me make sure i'm understanding randy in chicago just came up with an alternate spider-man suit Mm -hmm. yes and these guys okay 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 following along these guys came up with this anti-hero slash villain slash black man yeah yeah i mean we'll get into it because todd mcfarlane i mean we all know this guy right Todd McFarlane created Spawn. Uh, he he le- guy. left. No, no, no. That's Seth McFarlane. That's Seth McFarlane. Uh, Todd McFarlane, creator of Spawn. He left Marvel mm. to find Image Comics with Liefeld uh, and a bunch of other guys. Partly responsible for the like '90s era of comics when everybody was massive and huge and everything was flashy. I mean, think about it. Like when you went into a, a comic book store or even getting trading cards, which ones did you always want? The holographic, the flashy, anything that looked cool, right? I was going to say, with all this huge thing being in the 90s, you think that's a reason why we just have this obesity problem in the States these days? Uh, I think it's a lot more than that. Subliminal, dude. Yeah, it could be a little bit of that plays into it. But, I mean, these guys weren't huge fat. They were massive. Right, right, right. Um, And, you know... I was actually, I was watching, uh, you know, speaking of Comic-Con at the top of the episode, I was watching an interview with him and Liefeld, and they were talking about, um, you know, just like their creations and some of their favorite creations and stuff like that. Now, honestly, we should do an episode on the formation of Image Comics. They were talking about Mm -hmm. it, just saying, like, basically it was like Mad Men, but with comics. (laughs) I mean, that's a that's a story in itself right there. But basically in the interview, he was saying, you know, and this goes back to our Stan Lee stuff. Um, what was the whole Stan Lee, Steve Ditko argument? Like Spider-Man became successful because here's this hero who is a kid. So kids can relate to it. Positive role and, model. Yeah. And he has to deal with, you know, everyday problems. So, again, that's something that people relate to. Mm. But at the end of the day, he just needs some Mary Jane. But McFarlane and, and Liefeld, they're saying kids don't give a fuck about this. Right. When you're a kid, you don't read a comic and say, oh, I, re- I relate because he is also a kid. They read Batman. They say he's fucking badass. Right, right. Um, you know, it looks cool. That's what makes a hit when, Some, when a, something looks cool. Like, when, that's what makes a comic good. When you're playing a video game as a kid, you don't care what the story is. You're just out there smashing shit. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. All right, all right, Comics all right. are no different. Like, his whole argument, I guess, is is... Artists don't get enough credit because um, it's not about the story. I mean, yeah, a story makes it good, and a story is like why we would still talk about it today. Like Watchmen, one of the fucking greatest comics of all time. Great story there and great character development. But for kids and for sales, it's all about what looks cool. So essentially, Todd McFarlane was called upon by Marvel to draw for The Amazing Spider-Man. And he says, I'll do it on one condition. He's got to go back to the blue and red suit. Because this was when they had him in the black suit. I mean, he's in the black suit for for a while. Yeah, he's black Mm. man for a while. (laughs) And 
Todd says, you know, I, I won't draw him unless we go back to the um, red and blue suit. He had such a serious disdain for the the black suit that Marvel finally gave in and said, hey, you know, just do what you want. And I guess it, it was a good thing that they did that, right? If you like Venom. Because honestly, I was thinking about like basically anything that's good uh, or that's ever been created, not even just in comics, is it happens when you give somebody free reign, right? This is true, I mean, especially about with art. America, dude. Yeah, all the guys that said, you know, fuck you, I'm going to do my own thing, and then people laugh in their face and say, that'll never be a success. And then, boom, it becomes a huge hit, right? No different with Venom. So Todd uh, McFarlane, he, draw, he draws the issues, and his redition, he added something that never appeared on the alien symbiote costume, a mouth with a sinister smile and giant blank eyes. Now, his original Venom is actually pretty cool. It's not... It is a fucking badass Venom. I mean, I got a picture there for you guys. And I'll, pro- I'll likely post a McFarlane Venom on the Instagram. But it isn't really the fully developed form of Venom yet. Now, after Amazing Spider-Man 300, Venom's first appearance, blows up, McFarlane said, okay... I got a more clear idea of what I want to do with the design. I want to just create this giant, almost Hulk-like monster hunting Peter Parker from the shadows. Uh, He said, I wanted the people to feel as much as possible that Peter was in jeopardy, like there was this ever-present danger there. I always felt like Spider-Man's best fights were against larger, more imposing villains like Juggernaut or Rhino. With Venom, I wanted Spidey to feel overpowered with this giant gorilla hunched over him. And, you know, not only that, like uh, Venom, you know, it's like Spider-Man's spider sense is like Venom is immune to it, I guess. Mm. Like he can't sense that Venom's coming. And not only that, but the symbiote has already been bonded with Peter. So it, it also of itself inside Peter. Yeah, I mean Peter has literally been inside of Venom. Well, I think what <laughs> you know. <laughs> so what? Who's more I, vulnerable than that? You know. That's I true. think it's kind of the Eddie Brock wants revenge on Peter Parker. And Peter Parker rejected Venom, so they both yeah. team up against him kind of thing. Yeah, and that's an argument for, like, why... So people say, like, why did Peter never have the razor-sharp teeth, the big tongue, like Eddie Brock's Venom? Well, because they never fully bonded. And they weren't listening to very much Kiss. And so, yeah, that plays into it. Um, even the writer talks about, like, um, Venom has the upper hand, and both of them hate Peter Parker. Now, David Michelinie, um, this is another guy, co-creator of Venom, uh, born back in 48, age 71. Another legendary writer in the comic book game, obviously not only for the creation of Venom and Carnage, but he also wrote several, several issues of Iron Man, including the arc exploring his alcoholism. And uh, even was a writer for DC and Valiant Comics as well. Um, now, behind Stan Lee, Michelinie had the second longest run on The Amazing Spider-Man as a writer. So it was Michelinie who created the plot outlines for issues 299 and 300, which introduced Eddie Brock and Venom. And he says that Venom's entire reason for existence, at least in the beginning, was to kill Spider-Man. I mean, this is just like we talked about. Um, Venom was pretty much a combination of Spider-Man and the Punisher, a lethal protector, if you will. Mm. You know, you had other ultra-popular characters of the early 90s like Wolverine, Cable. Um, they're willing to kill enemies in the pursuit of a skewed idea of justice. So Venom wasn't quite a supervillain. He was just someone or something who really just hated Spider-Man. So he's a villain for Spider-Man. Like, that's where we get to the whole, is he a villain, is he mm. not argument? Like, yes, technically... He is one of Spider-Man's greatest villains, but he's all he also saves people, you know? He like bites the heads off of uh robbers and shit like that. Doesn't he also team up with Spider-Man? Oh in yeah. In some cases. Yeah. I mean, we'll get there. Now Venom would go on to become so popular in fact that by 1993 there wasn't a month that went by without a solo Venom comic on the stands. Now in 1990, 
Eric Larson replaced Todd McFarlane on The Amazing Spider-Man with issue 329, and it was Larson who drew Venom with the sharp teeth, the Gene Simmons tongue, and the drool that became a staple of the character. You know, I, I think, like, he basically said he wanted to do something, you know, bigger and better than McFarlane, so that's why he added the sharp teeth and the giant tongue. McFarlane said he's not even a fan of the big tongue. Hates you know? it. Yeah, hates it. Too much Gene Simmons. Yeah. Now, speaking of Michelinie and Larson's roles in the Venom phenomenon, when Eric Larson left The Amazing Spider-Man in 91, Mark Bagley was assigned to the title, and he and Michelinie would introduce the Carnage character. First appearing in The Amazing Spider-Man 360 and first full-on appearance in Amazing Spider-Man 361. This was in April of 92. About a year after you were born, bud. Yes, it is. Now, as we said, uh, brainchild of Michelini while Bagley designed the Carnage look. So this particular symbiote was designed to be a darker version of Venom, essentially created due to the writers not wanting a replacement for Eddie Brock as Venom, and it became another massive hit with fans. So Carnage was in part created because of Venom's popularity. The character was originally meant to be named Chaos, then they changed it to Ravage, before finally settling on Carnage. Now, the Carnage symbiote is introduced as an offspring of Venom, so... Big Daddy Venom, they call him. You know, he's a dad. And the original and most notable host is serial killer Cletus Cassidy. And this is from that um, arc in Amazing Spider-Man, the animated series. Cletus? Yeah, you got Cassidy and you got Brock in there in the Venom Returns episode. And then they team up to defeat Carnage. Classic. Now, Cassidy was introduced in the Amazing Spider-Man 344 Uh, created by Michelini and Larson, while Carnage is certainly um, detailed around the design of Venom. The human component of Cassidy is actually largely based around the personality of the Joker. Mm. Um, Comic book creator Eric Larson, um, he has admitted to modeling Brock's cellmate, Cletus Cassidy, on DC comic books, Clown Prince of Crime. And you can kind of tell, like in the... His smile, the way he acts, basically a redheaded Joker, but a serial killer. But I mean, the Joker's a serial killer, right? Technically. Technically, yes. Now, the bond between the Carnage symbiote and Cassidy was stronger than that between Brock and Venom, and as a result, Carnage is far more violent, powerful, and deadly. Um, So really, you know, by this time, by the time Venom gets to the character that we know and love... Uh, he's been through countless artists, countless story arcs. He's even had a kid. Uh, and this is all thanks to Larson, McFarlane, and Michelinie's run, Mike Zeck, Tom DeFalco, and who could forget where it all started? Randy. Randy Schuler. Now let's get back to Randy. Do we remember him? Kid from Chicago. Kid from Chicago came up with the black suit. Now how does Randy feel about all this? Oh, he's probably like a little classic comic boy bitch. Probably hates it. <laughs> yeah, what are you saying? You think he loves it or hates it? I'm sure he hates it, dude. All right, well, hear me out. Doesn't so he got paid enough. Yeah, so Secret he's, he's Wars, child. Secret Wars comes out, and Randy saw his idea executed in a completely different way than he had envisioned it. Um, he would so. At the time Secret Wars comes out and he sees, hey, his idea in the pages, he was simultaneously thrilled and saddened. Now, when the idea of a black costume caught on, the sadness subsided and he was even more thrilled. Thrilled that the fans loved an idea that he had come up with. And then when Venom was created, he was disturbed. Well, sure. Um, he had it pictured in his head one way and it came out completely different. <laughs> and it's like what we talked about in the Spider-Man episode. Yeah, and I mean, he's a kid, and they're making his thing like a killer, like demon type thing almost. How traumatizing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's (laughs) almost like, like, did you ever watch Spawn as a really little kid? 
briefly and let, we like, did. the clown bad guys and stuff. Yeah, right? kind yeah, of yeah, freaks yeah. you out, yeah. right? Think about this. That's the guy that created Venom. Now, uh, Randy says he was never a fan of the costume-turned-villain idea. You know, he says, give me the classic Ditko villains any day, but Venom just never seemed to work for me, quote-unquote. Now, all in all, Randy seemed to be pretty cool with everything. You know, he's not out there suing everybody. Uh, He's not slanderizing Marvel's name in any papers or blogs or YouTube videos. I wonder if it would be different if that happened today. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, now that we know comic movies are a massive hit, I mean, this was the 90s. Think about it. Would they have Captain America that was (laughs) really shitty? (laughs) Like, no. Batman. But, uh, yeah, I guess. But... That All was the like Batman movies came out like right around that same time. 89, 90, yeah. So um, I mean, he just didn't know how big it was gonna be. You know, I mean he That's probably never imagined that there would even be a Venom film. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh now he does say that um his one disappointment in the whole story is that they didn't give him any kind of acknowledgement in the comics, not even a little footnote stating suit idea by Randy Schuler. That's true. That's all he ever wanted. (laughs) That's all he ever wanted. Just his name in there. But hey, he did buy the idea outright, fair and square. That's true. So you can't complain. You sold the idea, Randy, you dumb kid. (laughs) Right? Stupid idiot. Let that be the rest of you. (laughs) The Marvel CEO, idiot kid, black (laughs) suit. I could have come up with that. Um, now, Venom has gone on to appear in countless forms of media. I mean, as we were saying, we remember him from Spider-Man, uh, the animated series, Badass. Probably never going to be a more badass version of Venom than that Spider-Man animated series. Well, now I'm mad that you didn't invite me over to come watch this with you on Sunday. I've watched, I'm going to go home and watch it. I've watched a lot of different versions of Venom, and that's still my favorite one. Okay, we can get into Including the film. All right, yeah. Now, speaking of the films, we got... Uh, 2007 Spider-Man 3, Sam Raimi, um, old Eric Foreman, <laughs> Topher Grace is Venom. Now, what do we think about this version? This is the first time we see a live-action Venom. And it's probably the worst one ever. This was like right at the peak of Topher Grace's douchebag stage, right? I yeah. mean, I I really never even envisioned him as a douchebag, as a douchebag. <laughs> bag which is like why it's weird to see him as venom right like i remember when i saw the trailer i was like what okay well not only the fact that he's a douchebag but just if you think of venom what do you think of like i said dolph lundgren yeah so you think of like a fucking guy that's looking like arnold schwarzenegger not not fucking eric (laughs) (laughs) Foreman. that's what i'm saying like when i saw that i was like a bleach string bean Yeah, I was like, "What is that? What are they doing here?" I was gonna say the same thing. I like we talked last. They time. wanted someone that looked similar to Tobey Maguire. I have another. Th- <laughs> I have another theory on that though. Um, That's obviously why they cast him for that role. Do you think so? Because Sam Raimi has gone on record saying like he doesn't like he doesn't care about the Venom character, and so, but Sony basically forced him to put Venom in. Oh the movie. yeah, because yeah, it's the money dude. Well, did you hear guys like us? Did you hear about why they did that though? Because they they were gonna make an entire Venom movie and it got canceled, so they still yeah. wanted to somehow put it out there. So they just like forced their way into that movie. Yeah, but it, this is like a reason of like too many cooks not working out because you force a guy to do that, he's gonna be like, dude, I don't. He had no interest in doing it. So did he make the whole Venom and the emo Spider-Man as like a <laughs> fuck you to Sony? Like he's like, okay, you want to see it? Watch this. <laughs> Cast fucking Eric Foreman. <laughs> probably <laughs> so. Know? He's probably laughing. <laughs> Honestly, I think he did that. I mean, he knew, hey, there's shit canning me after this film. Anyways, Mm -hmm. that's the trilogy. That's the end of it. Might as well go off fucking birds up. (laughs) With three people that are basically the same person. Because um, if you watch that movie, like the Sandman scenes and most of the scenes are kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anything with Venom in it. yeah. Yeah. Anything with the Venom character and stuff is like, come on. What about James Franco's character, too? Kind of whack. I feel like that whole movie just kind of sucked. Okay, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. I think it holds up better than the first Raimi film. Second one is still top for me. One of the best superhero movies of all time. 
Wow. Of all Spider- time. Yeah, Spider-Man 2, Sam Raimi. With First Doc of its kind. Yeah, insane. Mm. Now, Spider-Man 3, I think... just because you're a Doc Ock fan. Now, Spider-Man 3, I think... I think it does hold up better. I mean, maybe just because it's so comical. Like, that's one of... The, it's like almost a cult movie by now, right? Well, I think that's what you're... Like you're saying, man, I... That was the first time we got to see a live action Venom. Venom Everybody yeah. was super hyped. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They just picked the wrong guy. So, how you about. You see Eric Foreman in his fucking room lifting weights, yelling out a bunch of taped up pictures of Spider Man on the wall? <laughs> I mean, hey, he got a little jacked up for that role, didn't he? A little bodied up. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Now. Toby McGuire? No, uh. Well, Tobey Maguire, but Eric Foreman. I don't think he did. Okay. Guy's skinnier than Adam. <laughs> Dude, I mean, look up a picture of him. Uh, look up a picture of Topher Grace, Spider-Man 3. We'll see how bodied up he got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking it up. Did they? So what? Did they just add muscles in the suit? <laughs> yeah, he is actually pretty small. This is like if uh, that 70s show had gone on to that 2000s show. Yeah, I think to I honestly think that uh even Spider-Man isn't that big in that movie. But That's a okay. Dog. Yeah, he's not that big in that movie, but Spider-Man I think is still bigger than Venom. Toby Maguire is still I think bigger than Topher Grace. <laughs> right? <laughs> like yoke. So. Yeah, yeah, yoke not, but yeah. not tall, but so he could beat up Venom. See, that just doesn't do it for me. You got to get some you need um who would have been a good guy in the 90s to get? Vin Diesel. Oh, dude. <laughs> no, that would have been actually fucking phenomenal. Vin Diesel with a blonde. Or I guess like, that was like early. That was like 2007, wasn't yeah. it? So, dude, that's like triple X Who's days? the guy that's that perfect. fights Rocky, the Russian guy? Dolph Lundgren. That, yeah, that would have been the perfect guy. Was that Dolph Lundgren or Claude Van Damme? Jean-Claude Van Damme. That would have been a good one, too. Actually, that dude that played Sandman in that movie looked more like... Venom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in agreement. Um, Topher Grace, not the best Venom. Yeah, obviously. Now 2018 rolls around. We get Venom. Yes. Standalone yes. film, Sony Universe. Old Tom Hardy. How do we feel about this? Yeah, they finally, you know, chose a guy that's actually jacked. Got it right. Got now, did right. we like the movie? Did we like the story? I did. It was honestly a little bit more comical than I was expecting, but yeah. I liked it. I think that's a lot of people's beefs with that was that his character was more comical, like not as dark, I guess. Yeah, but I feel like they're kind of just playing off of the whole how like Guardians is serious, mm. funny, yeah, action-packed. Kind of a hit. That's a bro movie. But is that a problem? Because we can't just have every superhero movie be a comedy. Until I mean, I get money, that, yeah. but I think it worked for that movie. All right. Now, now this this film. I, well, I just feel like if you go back even to like the first time that Venom's in the animated series, he's still kind of just like fucking around with Spider Man. You know, kind of ragging on him, joking with him. He wants to murder him and bite his head off. That's not a joke. <laughs> yeah, but watch the animated series. I'm saying there's still like just jokes in there. It's not also serious. Yeah, kids' cartoon. Now, this one, this it's like uh, comics are buddy. So Tom Hardy, uh, this Venom, based off of um, Planet of the Symbiotes and the Lethal Protector run, uh, both written by Michelini. And did you know they didn't even reach out to Michelini for the film? Did not know that. This guy's still around a kick, and they base it off two runs done by him, and they don't even reach out for him to help with the process. That's almost like uh, Raimi not even contacting Ditko, right? But they might have sent him royalty checks. We don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you can look that up. All in all, we're in agreement. This is uh, We like this version of Venom. Anything we would have changed that we didn't like. I mean, it was originally going to be rated R, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they like kicked it down. Because Deadpool, not not really kid-friendly and huge hit. So they were like, hey, let's do a Venom. But I think they were saying they wanted to eventually cross over with Spider-Man. So let's keep it for the kids. Keep it PG-13? Yeah. What about Carnage, though? I feel like that's going to be tough to do. Exactly. Dark, well, I feel like... Dark, dark film. I feel Serial like even killer? this, dude, even this was hard to do. Like, uh... 
one of the reviews I was reading was saying that uh, Hardy's Venom is like the comic character in all the wrong ways. Oh, it's wow. chaotic, noisy, and in desperate need of a stronger attachment to Spider-Man. Yeah, but like that—that's the intro film. That's the setup. They're gonna do another one. Yeah, I mean that's but see that seems to be the beef with many fans of this film is that like there was no connection to Spider-Man because you got to think the entire Venom character was born out of hatred for Spider-Man, and then Sony says, "Hey, you have to write this film, and you can't include Spider-Man." Yeah, but isn't I think they did a good job. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's making the Marvel movies right now, though? Disney, right? Yes. Well, now. Now. Venom was made by Sony, though. I know. It's still... So I feel like it was probably just But see, Sony still has the rights to Spider-Man. So they lend them out to Marvel and Disney when they do, like, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home. But, like, all the Spider-Man stuff, if I'm correct, is still owned by Sony. That's why in the uh, Spider-Man Far From Home and um, Homecoming, they both have the Sony before them. I wonder if there's just so much going on with... The merger? No, with uh, Endgame, Spider-Man Far From Home, all that stuff going on. They didn't have time to, like, write in. Well, I'm sure, yeah. Because I'm sure they want to eventually include it with the current... Spider-Man. Well, yeah, they do. They've said that. And did you know this Venom also only got a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes? Those guys are... Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Don't get me started. That needs to be our next sticker. Um, if it's not already one. Well, here, here I have two, two thoughts. Two thoughts. Okay. Two thoughts. <clears throat> With the Sony films, I like how that they shamelessly plug like their devices and stuff. Like Everybody's got like a Sony phone. Remember that was a thing? Or I, I remember I had like a Sony MP3 player, and everybody else had their <laughs> little iPods. I got stuck with a fucking knockoff Sony MP3 player. Sony's fucking great. I know, but like everybody, who has anything Sony these days? Um, Spider-Man? No. <laughs> All, okay, but speaking of Spider-Man, and we're talking about how they have to cross over, like Spider-Man, obviously, New York. Where does Venom live? San Francisco. San Francisco, even in the video game, San Francisco. Now, I did not read any of the comic books. Well, yeah, the Lethal Protector run, which is what it's like they based it off of that. Um, it's like him going to recuperate in San Francisco, okay. get away from Peter Parker. Now, see, I was thinking that. Like, that's going to be interesting if, like, when they bring in the Tom Holland Spider-Man, like, what their connection is. And especially with the spoiler in Far From Home. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do. Now, the future. I mean, January 2019... Sony officially announced development on a sequel Venom film. Um, Same screenwriter and executive producer, Hardy Harrelson and Williams confirmed to return alongside uh, the same producers, and a director was not assigned yet. Uh, I think the director that did it is like, he's working on Zombieland Double Tap, Mm. the second Zombieland, which is coming out. But nevertheless, the sequel has been greenlit and is expected to be released October 2nd, 2020. Now, isn't this a film that kept, the original film that kept pushing back the release and pushing it back? Is that, am I remembering that correctly, the Venom film? Mm, I'm not sure if if that was... I think you're right. Possibly. I mean, I know there, like, this one was in production, like, Sam Raimi was going to do a solo Venom film. Mm. Yeah, and that then, got pushed. Yeah, that got and pushed. And Spider-Man then, three. Yeah, and then rights. Yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like it, it's one of those ones in Hollywood that kept getting uh, shelved, if you will. Now, introduction into the MCU, as we talked about, uh, July of 2018, Hardy said that he was interested in doing a crossover of Spider-Man, and the following month, the studio confirmed that it planned to cross over Spider-Man and Venom by saying they are already in the same universe. So without giving too much away, we are looking forward to the two of them eventually facing off in the future. Now, in June of this year, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige stated that it is likely the two characters will meet in the future, but he did note that it is ultimately up to Sony. Oh, see, I think that would be good. You got Hardy and Holland. Like, that's that's what you want to see, oh. not fucking Maguire and Grace. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's a much better duo. Yeah. Uh, also, in the end of Venom, spoiler alert, there's... Woody yes, Woody Harrelson. He is Cletus Cassidy. So, <sighs> Carnage 
making an appearance in the sequel or maybe getting his own film. What are we thinking there? Either way, dude, that'd be sick. I mean, that's going to be hard to not do rated R. Oh, yeah. A serial killer, super power villain, <laughs> not rated R? How the fuck are we going to do that, Sony? <laughs> am I right or am I right? You're right. You might be right. It could be a dark film. I mean, what else do we want to say on Venom? One of the most fucking badass villains of all time, although not truly a villain. Underappreciated. Anti-hero. We'll call him anti-hero. Underappreciated, you're saying? Oh, yeah. You think so, even though he was so huge? Yeah. Still is? I don't think... People love Venom, dude. Yeah, but I feel like everybody jumps on the Spider-Man bandwagon and he gets a little side note. Well, that's why we're giving him his full episode. His his due... After Spider-Man. Well, because Spider-Man came first. Spider-Man is the chicken. Yes. And Venom is the egg. And Carnage is the egg. He's actually the eight ball. (laughs) Have you ever met anybody that doesn't like Venom? No, but like, uh, besides this episode, when's the last time you heard anybody talk about Venom in the movie? When they did the movie. That was still like... A year ago. (laughs) Yeah, not that long ago, but... Yeah, okay, but then between Spider-Man 3 and the movie, when's the last time you heard anybody talk about Venom? That's the span of like 10 years, a decade. Ultimate Spider-Man. I mean, like, do a lot of appearances. I mean, you know, he's in the comic runs constantly, but... No, it's like, I feel like because it took him this long to get a movie. Right, right, right. You know. Underappreciated. But hey, the movie did well, so sequel coming uh, next year, right? 2020. And hopefully it's badass, and hopefully we get a Carnage film, and hopefully they keep cranking these out, and he meets up with Spider-Man. They do a badass fight. It's going to be fucking awesome. Think we eventually get to an anti-Venom film? What do you mean? Well, yeah. Explain. You're not familiar? Explain. Anti-Venom. He eventually... There becomes anti venom. Not familiar with that. Is he like, like an uh, venom? Eddie Brock? It's like the reverse. He's like white suit with a black spider oh, on it. Nice. Maybe. Never hey. heard of it. Possibly. I mean, that's very. It didn't uh, come out till two thousand eight. So two thousand and it's, it's in the. It's only in the comics right now, but yeah, I feel like they're doing honestly more. Looking think like about. That. Think about like Captain Marvel. Kind of. Like I feel I think about Captain Marvel and Into the Spider-Verse. I feel like they're they're kind of skipping over a lot of these classic Marvel runs and focusing on more of the newer comics. So maybe mm. they'll do an anti-venom run. Who knows? Well, I'm saying they could just tie it into like once they do a Carnage film, you know. Uh T Bags T L D L, what do we got? The idiot report. initially the brainchild of a kid from chicago named randy who just wanted spider-man to have a new suit little little change of pace and then they took him in all another direction and became this badass anti-hero that we all know and love today Okay. Did I miss anything? Is that good? That sums it up. I mean, that's the Occam's razor. The basics. Yeah, and there we have it. I mean, there's Venom now. David Michelinie, uh, the famed David Michelinie of Venom fame, creation of Venom, creator of Venom, writer of Venom, whatever you want to call him. He said, and I quote: "All I set out to do was write a story that I thought was pretty cool. I wanted to entertain." and be entertained. Whatever happens beyond that is out of my control. And there you have it. Uh, Venom. Fucking badass character. Lot of um, lot of jelly in these donuts. Lot of ends, lot of outs. Lot to this creation. A lot of stuff had to come together. Planets aligned for this character to become what he is. And I feel like that's almost rare. You know, usually you have like maybe one or two guys working, not a whole story arc before creating a whole nother character. But honestly, I guess you could say it's very rare. Like, would you say really that Todd McFarlane and David Michelinie are responsible for creating Venom? Yeah. Because they really, like, if it wasn't for Randy Schuler, none of this would have happened. It's like a village. Suit. It took a well, village. <clears throat> also, I feel like if Todd McFarlane didn't have the idea of having Spider-Man go back to his old suit, then it probably... Yeah, who knows? 
Nothing really would have ever happened. Yeah, it so just would like have been a new give, suit that he threw away. I mean, not to be biased to the artist here, but I feel like you, this one you kind of got to give more credit to Todd. Well, I'd say both of them, but I would say, you know, classic. Well, he's uh, coming up with ideas and bringing them to life. Yeah, classic artist, uh, writer, creation, Venom. Um, but yeah, there you have it. I mean, let us know some of your favorite Venom appearances, what you like, what you don't like. Um, if we left anything out, be sure to let us know. And stay tuned for next episode. Going to be a good one. Going to be a hell of an episode. I've already started putting together the initial outline, and oh, it's going to be a good one. It'll probably blow you away. Oh, yeah, well. That's going to be a. So stay tuned for that, and guys, as always, you know, we love to interact with you, so feel free to hit us up on Instagram, Podcast From Outer Space. Uh, email is podcastfromouterspace at gmail.com, and podcastfromouterspace.com. Go ahead and grab you some merch, t-shirts, stickers. Yeah, I've been getting some of the uh, listener requests. I've logged them down working on those um so stay tuned for those as well and on that i just wanted to thank some of the uh fans that have sent some nice comments to us like that means a lot to me personally seeing that people actually appreciate what we're putting out there a lot of kind words that you showed me on the instagram so thank you guys like rob said we love interacting with you guys love hearing what you have to say and i want to cite for this one um cbr.com an article by brian cronin uh, Polygon.com, an article by Chris Sims, and Sci-Fi.com, an article by Dana Forsyth um, for all the Venom research. Um, check out those websites for more information on Venom. And on that, so long and thanks for all the fish. Give up your souls, live for the quest to save the planet.